All right, so football, we got five games, only five games. Um, you don't see any egregious spreads. And I think it's for two reasons. I think it's because, one, Northwestern isn't playing to get blown out, and Ohio State isn't playing to blow anybody out. Right. <laughs> so we got – we have some really good games. We have some games that are – that have national implications, have Big Ten East implications, have Big Ten West implications. This is just an overall – just a really, 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 really nice – this is a nice – like, every single game has something, right? Yes. Penn State, Michigan, national implications. Minnesota, Illinois, Big Ten West implications. Yeah. Uh, Maryland, Indiana, who's going to be bowl eligible? I think Maryland's still going to be, but for Indiana to even have a shot, they have to win this game at home. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State, can Michigan State stop their 0-3 skid in the Big Ten. Um and then Wisconsin, they're still there's they're still in, in a nice spot to compete for a Big Ten West title. Then Nebraska Purdue, both sitting on top, tied for the Big Ten West first place lead. So there's something in every single game and I and I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, the only really boring one. I, you you said the yeah, IU game to me, but like, I, nah. it, it's that's probably the least impactful of all the games. I think the rest of them is like Wisconsin. Can they get their season back on track? Um, or Michigan State? Can they get their season back on track? Is more important than that. And then the rest of the games all are like for their division title races. So yeah. pretty crazy. I mean, if they end up, I mean, you have if Mer. If Indiana wins that game, Indiana moves ahead of Maryland in the Big Ten East. That's true, but we're not competing for a title. And the rest of the game is like everybody's two and one in the Big Ten West. Like this is going to separate game, people. You try to get to a bowl game, right? That's true. My average, we're not going to a bowl game. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to be realistic here. There's no way Indiana makes a bowl game. I'll, I'll put that on the podcast right now. There's no if if they win this game, you don't think there's any way. I still don't think so because they still have to play Purdue. I don't think they beat Purdue. Um, I think they, they still, they'll, they Indiana will lose to one of Rutgers or another team. It, it, they're not going to win this game. You got you got if you win this game and you have four wins, you have to get two wins out of Rutgers, Michigan State, and Purdue. I I, I maybe Michigan State is a win. But Purdue and Rutgers, I don't think is win because it's, it's at Rutgers as well, and it's, it's I doesn't play well on the road. It's not the rack. It's not the rack. And they don't play well on the road, though. They can win. They can win. They can win three more games, bro. They're not winning that. And I promise you, they're not winning that game. They can go three and three over the next six. It, it, it's possible in alternate universe, which our offensive line somehow just like becomes godlike in uh, you know a very short amount of time. They fired their coach for this. They fired. They did. They did. And to be fair, everybody that's fired a coach so far this year has done better after firing the coach. So maybe, maybe you're on something. <laughs> All right. Penn State, Michigan, what are you looking at? Michigan, the seven-point favorites, over under 49. Does Michigan's at number five in the AP. Penn State is at number 10. So Jim Harbaugh versus the GOAT. What you got? All right. So my prediction and just like the overall feeling for this game is – 
if you like running the football, this game is for you. <laughs> you have Singleton for Penn State, and obviously I think the best running back in the country, Blake Corum for Michigan. Um, and both teams, they like to, to, to run the ball as their primary form of, of offense. They're going to do that old style of offense. They're going to try to establish the run first and then, and then work into their passing game and their passing tempo that way. Um, so I'm looking at Michigan to try to come out and, and dominate line play and, and running the ball. And if they can do that in Ann Arbor, I think they'll get they'll win handedly. But but the GOAT's always got something up his sleeve, doesn't he, Ant? He does. Two things, two things. Manny Diaz is a really good defensive coordinator. Yep. If his skin doesn't open it up, they could be in trouble. Like, yeah. they got to let J.J. be J.J. Don't let have J.J. be Cade, right? Let J.J. Mm-hmm. be J.J. That's one. Another thing, Goat Franklin, he's not very good after buy games, and he's also not good at the big house. This is after a buy. This is at the big house. So you're saying that Goat Franklin loses this game? He has a chance to, for sure. I think that if Michigan comes out the way they did, they uh, the way that, that they did against Indiana, they will not. That they cannot afford to do that against this Penn State team because they're very talented. Their defensive backs, very talented. Are the coaches going to have JJ? Like, are they going to have him pull some? Uh, because these defensive backs, they have some NFL guys back there. Are yeah. they going to have JJ test some of these guys? attack some of these guys? Are they just going to have a beak and dunk? Are they going to have them utilize um, Luke Schoonmaker some more, the tight end? Um, are they going to be able to to block? Uh, are they going to be able to have, you know, uh, you know, put Corm in the right, in the right spots to succeed? The same thing with Donovan Edwards. Remember, remember, Michigan, Indiana, Michigan made that first drive look easy peasy. Yep. My heart goes down, right? Yeah. After that, for the rest of the half, Michigan's run game was non-existent. So, Mike Hart has a lot to do with their with their run play calling, in my opinion. Yes. So, I mean, it's very obvious after what happened on uh, Saturday. Very obvious, and I think that they that they reconvened in the second half, right? And they were able to 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 uh, get that run game back going again. Um, what is that going to be like in the full week of prep with no heart? Yeah. Right? What What does that look like now? Did they tip their hat some in the second half that Penn State picked up on? Um, that's 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 going to be something that I'm going to look look at pretty hard in this game, man. Yeah, I yeah I, I agree. We know Mike Hart's status at all. Has there been anything? Um, he was. He's out for a day or two. Uh, I got a call one night saying that they are trying to get a waiver for Fred Jackson, who's an analyst. Um, I refrained from tweeting about it. And then it dropped, I think, like 18 hours later. That he had got the waiver done and accepted and all that. Um, So he's going to move from from an from an uh, analyst position to uh, running backs coach right for now. Um, so what happened with Hart, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about it. Um, but 
it does seem like that is something that you know like he'll be down for one to two weeks. And I did hear it was stress induced. Mm. Um, so uh, I don't let me go further, but I did hear that it was stress induced. And um, uh, hopefully he's good. Hopefully he's all right because it's kind of, it's kind of tough to be in a stress inducing environment, right? And then go down due to something like that. So, you know, hope he's good. Hope he's all right. But uh, this is going to be a test for the coordinators, especially in that, especially in that run game. Yeah, I, I agree. You see how the, how the team responds to having a new voice there. Right. And then also I, I'm going to bring it back to the first point, which is that, J, your first point is that JJ McCarthy has to have a, a good game. Like I, I said this last week when we did this the Twitter space after the game, and I was sitting at the top of the stadium. You guys, Michigan, brought in JJ McCarthy not to do what Cade McNamara did, which was be a game manager. You brought him in, and then had the QB controversy, and then eventually started him to be a game changer right, for Michigan. So can J.J. McCarthy in this game, in the biggest game that he's played as a starter, can he be the game changer that Michigan is going to need him to be in this game? Because like you said, Manny Diaz is going to have a defense cooked up that's going to make Blake Corum's life harder than it needs to be, right? And so can J.J. McCarthy take that extra space that the Penn State defense is going to give him and eventually come out with a win in the big house. Um, the over-under is 49. What, do you think that goes over or under, in your opinion? I'd say under. No? you say under? I think this is a big game. And you look at the, the last couple games that Penn State's played, right? 33-14 is a lie against Central Michigan. That game was 14-14 at half. Okay, and then seventeen to seven at home against Northwestern. Um, for it was raining. They, I think they were just trying to get to the. They were just trying to yo, just get the win. Let's get inside. Exactly. Yeah, that was ugly weather. But what I'm trying to say here is both teams struggle early. So I feel like it's going to be a low-scoring game early, and then as the game goes on, it's going to open up. I think it ends up going over. Slightly over. I think it'll probably end up being like a 28-21, 28-24 kind of game. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I'm not like – I'm not a better. So, like, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Um, who do you think wins? I think Michigan wins. Home field advantage, big house, top 10 game, noon, kickoff. Um, I think Michigan wins this. I wouldn't be surprised, obviously. It's top 10 matchup. Either team can win. But um, – I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State comes in and wins this, but I think Michigan's the better team. I think Michigan is the second-best team in the Big Ten and could possibly challenge Ohio State at the end of the year if they can get a more dynamic offense. And, again, that's all on J.J. McCarthy's shoulders, right? So can J.J. McCarthy get Ronnie Bell involved more in the offense? Can Blake Corum continue to do what he's doing? Um, if they do that, I think they have a really good shot at possibly you know, winning the Big Ten. I think Michigan wins this game. But I also think Penn State has a better shot at beating Ohio State than, than Michigan does. Why? I just think that the way that they're built, the way that they're just just their style of play, every year, 
every year, Penn State, Ohio State is like a one possession game. Like it is right there. Every That's true. Traditionally, they play each other really close. Yeah, they play each other very, very close. And this year, like they are as talented as anyone in the country. Mm. Yeah, I mean they've they've had what top five recruiting classes each of the last couple three two three years. Very good um, classes. Um, and I love there was there were a few quotes from the people who went to Penn State Auburn, where they were like where they were watching Penn State warm up and go to work, and they were saying that Penn State their size and their speed looks every bit of like your stereotypical SEC team. I mean, that's just that's just been, you know, Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan for the last couple of years, right? They they right. just they're built like SEC teams. Like Penn State twenty twenty two class was number six. Penn State um, was a top ten, top twenty class in twenty twenty one. Their twenty twenty class was again top fifteen. Like it, they're just like they're built solid, and they have you know five star recruits and 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 lots of four stars on that roster. Like, you know, people have Franklin down as like, you know, some people aren't as high on, on Franklin as you are. Right. But if they can't deny one thing, which is that he recruits really well. So again, the talent on his roster is really good, whether they go out and actually, um, you know, execute at the end of the day in, in Ann Arbor in a big game, that's, that's up to them. What's the weather looking like this weekend in Ann Arbor? Do we know? Uh, this says 52, 52 semi-cloudy. So perfect football weather then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, you couldn't hope for better mid-October, in my opinion. Couldn't yeah. Um, it's like shorts and t-shirt, maybe a sweatshirt. Weather, like, it's perfect. Minnesota, Illinois. Uh, Illinois is 24th in the country. Uh, they're coming off a really big win against Iowa. <laughs> this is an ugly, wild game <laughs> in Champaign. It should never exist ever again. Please, I don't want to watch a nine to six game ever again. So, but it was it was really entertaining though. Like yeah. man, Illinois tried to throw the game away twice. Uh. <laughs> but you have Illinois five and one, two and one in the Big Ten. I mean, you're looking at, at an Illinois team who, you know, we love to say should be undefeated. Should it be Indiana? Um, those are your boys. I get it, but they should have beat Indiana. You, you're right. <laughs> imagine Illinois sitting at six and zero, three and zero in the Big Ten. Illinois fans would be like, like they're they're already ridiculous. Could you imagine if they were sitting at six and zero, three and zero in the Big Ten? Bro, I, I got a bone to pick. So every time I talk in that Twitter space, hoodie season was just spamming the the down thumbs down arrow or the thumbs down react. Hoodie, I, I, I got I got some beef with you. I'm not gonna lie. I got some beef. You're in my head, man. I was like thinking, I was like, damn, man, I can't say anything. Hoodie's just gonna like throw the the thumbs down again. I'm like, bro, what is happening? So toxic. So toxic. It's him. Okay, there's Hoodie, um, and there's um, I forget his I forget his Twitter, but it's like Nopes or something like that. Yeah. Um, then there's some other like Illinois accounts who uh, 
who are uh, pretty funny, but um, bro, they were going in on me. I was like, damn, man. I'm like, I'm I'm pro Illinois. You don't listen to the podcast. I'm out here like defending them, like saying they have the best chance with the Big Ten West, and I got people down voting me in the in the thread. I'm like, what is happening here? That was so good. That was so good. Um, Minnesota is favored by six and a half, and I I see why. I mean, they're one. They're coming off of a probably a shameful loss at home against Purdue, where they put up ten points. Um, Ibrahim should be back. Okay, and they're coming off a bye week, so they've had a couple weeks to like stew over this loss. I think they're going to be due for a big win at Illinois. Honestly, I I think so too. Just because I don't know what Tommy DeVito's health is, right? If Tommy DeVito is healthy and is back this game, then I think Illinois has got a shot. But if he's not healthy and then Ibrahim's back, uh, we're gonna have, Illinois is going to have some problems scoring, I think. And then – or at least matching Minnesota's al- offensive output. Because Minnesota without Ibrahim, terrible. Minnesota with Ibrahim is much more dynamic and allows Tanner Morgan – to have um, more time in the pocket allows him to uh, not have the entire pressure of trying to literally carry the entire offense. I know the game, the couple games that um, the game that they lost, especially Minnesota had like 30 yards rushing, right? So they can't even move the ball down the field if Ibrahim is not in there. So if Ibrahim is back and Tommy DeVito is not, then it's just a, it's just a GG. It's just a health diff really. But if both these teams are healthy, this will be probably one of the best games of the week. Yeah, but I just can't see – I can't see Illinois – I can't see Illinois winning uh, behind Sikowski. I just no. can't see it. Uh, I think Minnesota would just be able to pin their ears back because Minnesota um, it's a very good de- defensive team. So you take a very good de- defensive team. If you can't score against them – like you're not going to beat Minnesota. Minnesota's not putting up only ten points if Ibrahim's back. No. Uh, so if they can't score, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble, bro. Yeah, and it's at it's at home, so they do have that. This is probably not probably. This is the biggest home game for Illinois in a very long time. Oh, yeah. Right. So that should be awesome. It should be a great atmosphere. I actually kind of like their stadium. I'm not going to lie. It's like old fashioned, but it's, it's kind of cool to look at. I used to like love playing on it in like NCAA 14 or whatever, but um, I, I just, I don't see them winning this game. Uh, I think Minnesota takes it. And I think, I think the, they go under though. I think the game ends up going under because it's 39 and a half, which is low. I think this game goes under that. There, there's, I don't feel like there's going to be a ton of scoring from Illinois, and I think Minnesota probably wins like by only scoring like 17 to 20. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. I just don't see Illinois winning either no. way. If they win this game, they're in the driver's seat to go to Indianapolis. Yeah. It, the the Big Ten West goes through Illinois if they win this game. So they got to win this game. This is the most important game of the year, in my opinion, for them. 100%. Maryland-Indiana, what you said, is the is the least intriguing game. Of yes. The it's uh, still pretty intriguing, but it's, it's the least intriguing of all of all of them. I mean, it's two teams who are 500 or better. 
right? Yeah. Maryland's four and two. They should not have lost to, to Purdue last last week. They should not have, no. Maryland's four and two. Indiana's three and three. Uh what do you think about this game coming in? Maryland is eleven and a half favorites in Bloomington over under sixty two. I think this game goes over just because Maryland's defense is again very mid. Um, but their offense is just going to absolutely destroy this defense. So the, the Indiana defense going into this year was their their one strength. The one thing that we all thought we had as Indiana fans was a good secondary. And so far this year, they've let up one of I think the most yards passing the Big Ten, or the second most behind Michigan State. And that's not that's that's saying a lot, right? If I'm confused whether Michigan State or Indiana has given up more passing yards per game. So um, I, I just feel like Tulia is going to have a, a heyday against this defense in Bloomington. Um, hopefully IU can pull this off because, you know, I'm a homer and I would love my boys to win and possibly get bowl eligible. I just don't, and I just don't see it happening. Listen, listen. You want to give the IU copium? Because I, I, I'm down. <laughs> if, if you got something for me, let me know because I, I don't have much. Look, Indiana is not the better team. We know that. No. We know that. Um, but I think they are going to – after teams have fired a coach or like an OC or DC, like they end up playing a pretty good game the next time up. And, you know, maybe it's one of those things where, like, Maryland is looking to, you know, looking for some revenge on the state of Indiana. Who knows? Mm. I think I think Indiana can, can at least co- cover. Can at least cover. At least hey, we co- covered last weekend. So I've, I have a feeling Indiana is going to be Vegas's biggest enemy because we covered last weekend by, I believe, a half a point, point and a half. And I also believe that this weekend we will cover by a point and a half. We're going to lose this game by 10, okay? And the line is 11 and a half. So we are going to be villains in the eyes of Vegas, but I could care less. Um, 34-24 is kind of where I'm seeing this game. If I were to bet, I'd say, okay, 34-24 sounds about right. Late Indiana touchdown, that doesn't mean much. Um, and then, yeah, that's it. I, it's just – it's so sad because this IU team had a lot of promise going into this year, and it's like the offense line has let them down. Defense hasn't been great either. I, and, like, looking at the just the overall stats for Indiana, Indiana gives up 440 yards of total offense per game and only – has 350-something yards of total offense a game. They're getting out-gamed by almost 100 yards a game. It's, it's, just, it's not feasible to win games when you're giving up 430 yards of total offense a game. You just It's, it's so hard to win. How is Bazelik doing? Because he, he got – he was getting lit up last Saturday, bro. He has 1,500 yards passing. Almost, actually, it's 1,600 because he's got 1,597. He's got 16 yards of, of passing this year, which is a really good statistical output. 
It's, it's more than J.J. McCarthy, I'm pretty sure. I think J.J.'s like, what, 1,200, 1,300, whatever? Yeah, the problem yeah. is we have no running game, and we have no offensive line. So he's just out there chucking balls off. You know, He's throwing balls downfield off his back foot while you know getting body slammed by two six-foot-six, 300-pounders. Right, every single time down the field, I have no idea how he's in one piece after six games. I, I don't. JJ is also passing roughly. JJ is also like ten yards per pass attempt. Yeah, Bazelak's not that that far down the field. I think Bazelak's um, attempts is. I'm looking at it. I think it's it's five point nine. Hmm. Yeah. Hold on. Let me see this. How many times has he thrown the ball? He's thrown the ball almost 300 times. Yep. Jeez, man. We've had to. We've had to. Our running back has 85. Our top rusher, Sean Shivers, transfer from Auburn, has 85 carries for 370 yards. That is our top Rusher. Okay. That is, I believe, quick maths. That's like three yards a carry. Two and a half yards a carry. Jesus. <laughs> it's it's not good, Ant. It's not good. This is the team that you, you think could possibly pull. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Michael Penix ain't walking through, through that door, huh? No, Michael Penix will be in a casket somewhere if he played on this team he he would be dead man there's no protection on this team it's the problem last year it's why he got injured i i thought michael Penix, Penix was like oh michael Penix like underperformed last year he won a had nobody to throw to b could not throw the ball because he didn't have enough time like it's not fair really isn't it's crazy we get we finally indiana finally gets like a like a really good program built QB, and we can't do anything with him because everything around him is falling apart. That's what I remember. That's what I remember. I'm so mad. Yeah, Maryland by 10, I think, this game. Um, I think the over hits, it's going to be like 45, 35 or something. Indiana will probably score on defense um, or special teams. And uh, yeah, that'll that'll be this game. I it, I feel like it'll be Maryland in control for most of the game, and Indiana will try to come back in the fourth quarter and then come up short again, but cover. So, so you think Maryland is going to be in control? Never feel the game is going to be lost, but no, they'll be up seventeen with like two minutes left. Indiana will score a touchdown, um, and then they'll fail the onside kick, and then Maryland will kneel it down. So that, that'll that'll be the end of the game. And that's it. Okay. Fair enough. Wisconsin, Michigan State. Wisconsin is three and three. Michigan State's two and four. Uh, Michigan State is, I believe, the only team without a win in the conference. Yes. Is that true? Is that true? Or is there? I'm, I'm looking through it. And I think that's true unless Rutgers doesn't have a win. No, because Rutgers beat. Rutgers beat. No, Rutgers also doesn't have a win. Yeah, it's Rutgers and Michigan okay. State. It's the two bottom teams in the East that don't have a win. Okay. That's 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 tough. Um so they have 
Michigan State has Wisconsin. Uh, Graham Merch just came off a really nice game against Northwestern. Um, he had what, like five? He had like five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, he threw for like almost three hundred yards. It was pretty good. It was a good game for Graham Mertz. It's not bad. A big confidence builder game, and for you to go from that game to playing one of the worst secondaries in the conference. Um, is a is a heck of a lead up. So it's a seven point spread for Wisconsin, over under forty nine. Um, do you see Michigan State winning this game? Possibly. No. No, I I think this game is very much out of reach for Michigan State, only because the way Wisconsin looked in their last game. If Wisconsin came out and still looked shaky in the last game, I might not be as adamant about this opinion. But the 42-7 shellacking of Northwestern was impressive. Even though Northwestern is bad, it was still at Northwestern. Wisconsin took it to them. They looked much more dynamic in offense. And Michigan State has struggled against teams that can throw the ball down the field more than three yards. Um, And... I have a feeling that Graham Mertz is going to be able to do that this game. Um, so the Wisconsin fans, Graham Mertz for Heisman campaign starts now. The issue, the issue for me, the issue for me is that I just do not think that Michigan State is going to be able to score enough. Um, to keep up with Wisconsin here? Yeah, because I think Wisconsin is going to try to open it up and try to have a similar – Air attack against against Michigan State and Michigan State can't get into a shootout. One because their defense lets up a lot of points, but at the same time, their offense doesn't score a lot of points as well. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at, man. I, I just don't, I just, I just don't, I don't understand the team. They don't really have an identity. It's been have they played six games? Yeah, they played six. Six games, I just like I'm not even sure what they're gonna what they're gonna do about the point guard point guard QB <laughs> the quarterback situation with like like Peyton Thorne. Um Wait, you it's, say it's not it's not Noah Kim season? It should be Noah Kim season, but I don't even but like Peyton Thorne isn't even the whole issue like they have more problems than just that like they have defensive problems they have offensive problems they don't even know who the rb1 is they have three different guys in broussard Berger, and collins collins has been the best back and yet just he's he's it's almost like he's forcing himself on the field and the coaches are like oh we have to play him because the other guys aren't doing anything, which is unfortunate because Collins came into the Big Ten a couple years ago as the second, as the second, I believe he was the second leading rusher coming back that year, and he ends up just like not getting any touches. And yeah, then yeah. Kenneth Walker comes in, and then now it's this year. You know, it's just like, okay – Okay, like what are we doing here? They just don't have an idea. They just don't have 
an identity, man. No, on offense, they don't. On defense, they have the identity of giving up as many pass yards as possible, um, which is not ideal. Uh, so, yeah, Michigan State's in trouble. I really have a hard time seeing them winning more than one or two games the rest of the year. I think it's going to be the battle of the worst teams in the Big Ten East when Michigan State plays Indiana. Um, and I think, you know, I think they lose this game pretty handedly. I, Wisconsin's favored by seven. I, I think they should be favored by much more than that, even though it's in East Lansing. I think Wisconsin's going to take it to them. I mean, Michigan State ended up looking – in my opinion, pretty lifeless against Ohio State. To be fair, it's Ohio State, but, like, show some fight. It's in East Lansing. Come on, guys. So, in Big Ten play, in Big Ten play, um, Michigan State has 40 points. In three games? In three games. They have 40 points. But here is the here is the kicker. Here's the kicker. Yep. Two touchdowns came by Noah Kim, mm. and there was a pick six. So you're you're telling me that Peyton Thorne has only accounted for nine, 19 points? Somewhere in there, because they missed an extra point somewhere, and I'm not sure where that came from, but I'm going to say Peyton Thorne has accounted for, I believe, 18 points. We're just like two touchdowns and two field goal drives, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Some, something like that. Something like that. But think you about should, you should. I I mean, there probably should be a QB controversy after what you told me, right? Like, you, you got to try, try things out at this point. I mean, like – I feel like it's worse to just ride things out with, with a person that you know it's not working out well than it is to just try things out. Because worst worst case scenario, you put Noah Kim in and he looks bad too, and you just go, well, same thing, you know, it's the same thing. So you just you bring back uh, Peyton Thorne and go, okay, it's your time to prove whether you should be starter or not. I I, I just don't understand why teams are so like um, averse to giving people a shot. Yeah. And I'm wondering, I was talking with, um, not really talking, but like listening into um, uh, one of the uh, bigger Michigan State accounts. And the way that the schedule is kind of, the way that the schedule is kind of presented, it's really hard to move a quarterback right away. Like, like, do you want Noah Kim to start against Wisconsin, or do you Probably want him, not? No, or do you want him to have have a bye and then go to Michigan, like, and then go mm-hmm. to Illinois? You know what I mean? Like, you're not just throwing him into a fire; you're throwing him into a like a blaze, thirty stories in the air. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's going to be tough to do that, but I think you just have to, right? I feel like at the end of the day, like you're you're a college football player, you're a D one player, right? You this is what you've dreamed of. I, I don't think it really matters what the situation is at the end of the day. You just have to go and, and try your best to do the best you can, right? And show why you should be playing. Just take right? your lumps. Yeah, take take your chances. And if you can't, don't do well, you can always ha- fall back on the copium that you just were handed a terrible deck, and that's fine. The coaches staff can do the same thing too. Right, but it's it's worse to just sit there and have a problem and know it's a problem and not fix it than try to do something to fix it. 
I can see I can see Michigan State going. I can see them going like four and eight. I yeah. can see four and eight. I think four and eight's about right. I think they probably win against Rutgers and Indiana, and then think that's probably it for the rest of the season. If they split those two two games and end up three and nine, oof. Yeah, it's gonna be a yikes for me. It's gonna be a yikes off season for sure, bro. Um, Nebraska Purdue. We're talking about Nebraska, number one in the Big Ten West versus Purdue, number one in the Big Ten West. Everyone saw this game highlighted back in August for sure. Yeah. Like, hey, look, the winner of this game is going to be in possibly sole possession of first place, depending on the Illinois game. Yes. I I think that everybody circled this going into the season, and then obviously what unfolded for Nebraska was not what anybody really thought was going to happen going into this, this year. Um, but Purdue has finally started playing better and looking better as the season's gone on. I, but like I said, I said before, they very much could be one in five, right? This, this team should probably actually be one in five. They had that one win against Indiana state. They have squeaked out wins, um, against FAU and Maryland. And literally the, both those teams failed two point conversions to tie the game. And then Minnesota didn't have Ibrahim, um, so, again, they weren't a full team, right? So, again, they, I feel like they've gotten really lucky so far this year. And I think – actually, I know that Nebraska is playing much better than what they played against Georgia Southern um, and, and Oklahoma to start the year. Um, and so you're looking at a, a much different Nebraska team now. Um, yeah, it's in it's in West Lafayette. Yes, the matchup predictor for ESPN, which actually I hate this thing, but has an 85% chance that Purdue wins it. I think – I think that not only does Nebraska cover, I think they'll be within three points of this game. I think it's going to be a very, very, very close game. Mm-hmm. I think Nebraska will keep it close. Um, I like their – again, I've said this before on the podcast. I'll say it again. I like their weapons on offense. I really do. I like um, I like Casey Thompson, their quarterback, transfer from Texas. I like Anthony Grant. Um, they're running back. I think they have really good weapons. Uh, Trey Palmer's a, a really good wide receiver. I think um, all these guys I'm I, I like as football players. Um, it's just a matter of, can they put together a full game in Ross Aid this weekend to knock off Purdue? You say Purdue should be one and five, and they can also be six and zero oh based on the game against. Houston. Exactly, they they could very much be undefeated. They could also very much have had one win. Okay, like we don't know how good or how bad this team is. No, this well, they. I feel like they're one of those rare football teams, and there's always a couple teams every year that do this. They play up or down to their opponent. Outside of Indiana State, they have played to the level of their opponent every single game. They've just gotten extremely lucky and gotten either good you know, good calls for them, like in the Maryland game, or they've gotten bad execution from the other team, and they've choked the game away, right? Like FAU did. Like, th- this team is so weird to me, but they're also extremely fun to watch, especially from a rival's perspective, because you never know what they're going to do. 
Um, and Jeff Brom has some of the weirdest play calling in all of the country. Um, he just like, for whatever reason, loses his damn mind whenever the clock goes under about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, so their games are always super entertaining. And again, this has, this has title implications, right, on the line for the Big Ten West. Like, you win this game, and there's a chance that you, like, are now in the driver's seat for the Big Ten, especially if Illinois loses to uh, Minnesota earlier on in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got Nebraska covering but Purdue winning. I have Nebraska covering but Purdue winning, yes, only because Purdue is at home. I, I do think Nebraska is going to be better – at the end of the year than the record shows, which I feel like is a broken record, you know, point at this, at this time. Cause like, that was also what everybody said last year. Right. But I, I do think Nebraska is um, a better team than how they've played up until now. I, I, they had a, they had a coach that just like kind of gave up on being a head coach at the end of the day. Um, it's amazing that they're like, like every game matters when it comes to college football. Cause like, just look at, just look at Nebraska's losses, right? Oklahoma, yep. you understand, right? But full control of the Northwestern game, full control. Yeah. And then you do that onside kick and then that's it. Curtain. <laughs> they throw the game away. Yep. Throw the game away. And then Georgia Southern, come on. They couldn't get a stop in that Georgia Southern game, which is ridiculous because Georgia Southern hasn't looked all that good since then. And to be honest, we I, I gave them a little bit of an excuse for the Oklahoma game, but Oklahoma's looked abysmal since then, right? right? They have looked terrible since then. They have lost all confidence. And so that was that was a very winnable game. That was Oklahoma at home. It wasn't away. That was not in um, – oh, where, where's Oklahoma from? I can't remember. Uh, not Lincoln. Um, Norman? Yes, thank you. It wasn't in Oklahoma. It wasn't in Norman, right? It, it was at home, you know, fever pitch crowd. You know, they they were all there, right? Like they are every single week for Nebraska to sell out, and they couldn't do anything in that game, right? And then they fired a head coach. They look completely different. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's something to do with, you know, firing a head coach or firing a coach and doing better. But it just looked like just look like it's just like every game like you have to seize your opportunity because that's the difference between I'm not gonna say that that was realistic, but if you're five and one and you got let me see who they got ahead of them um, and they do have they have to go to Michigan. Um, but if that's your only Big East crossover and you're five and one right now, going into this Purdue stretch, going to an NY six is not impossible. Realm. It's no, not the realm. It's not. You know, you can get to nine and three or a ten and two, and you can find like even if you're not, you know, even if you go to Indy and lose, like you're going to lose to someone who's going to go to the CFP. So where do you get to go? You can go to Rose Bowl. Yep. Yep. It's just – it's tragic for, for Nebraska fans, really. It's like It really is. It really is. It just shows how close – just shows how close some of these teams are to either being a laughing stock or having a really nice year. And that coach 
having further job security, like Jeff Brom, could be one and five, could be six and zero. Oh. And if you really look at those games, and this doesn't apply to every team, I know people are going to like hear hear that and go, "Well, any team you got to see that." Like, eh. No. Indiana can't. I'll tell you that much. Indiana cannot say that, right? <laughs> Indiana cannot say that. No, sir. No, sir. But Northwestern is- can't say that. There's a lot of teams that can't say that. Every snap matters. Every dis- decision your coach makes during a game matters, and that can be the difference between you being severely lackluster and being in a position to where your fans are loving you and you're at eight and you're at like, look, how many big 10 West teams would, would go into this season knowing that they were eight and four and they win a bowl game. I think um, every single one of them outside of Wisconsin and Purdue would be happy with that. Yes. I mean, even Purdue would take nine and four. You don't think they want to take nine and four? I think they had higher expectations going into this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Because people were talking about them being the possible favorite for the Big Ten or West, right? And you look at their schedule, they have such a nice schedule, right? They start off with the hardest game of the year, and then it gets easier as the year goes on, right? Based on their schedule, yes. But them just as a team alone, right, are they as good as what their record is probably going to end up? Probably not. No. No, but I think a lot to do with, you know, again, preseason hype and then also, you know, people looking at, at their schedule. I think that their fans will be upset with, like, anything less than that. But that's also because Purdue fans get upset about everything. So, you know, that's that's the thing. See, that's just your Hoosier bias creeping back into it. Yes. <laughs> I can't help it when I talk about Purdue, okay? I can't I can't bring – I can't stop it, okay? I, I can't get it out of me. But – I will say they do win this game. They just don't cover. Okay. Damn. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh. Uh, all right. So I have um I have a StockX giveaway, right? Yeah. And it is uh the winner and by how many for Penn State, Michigan, for Minnesota, Illinois, and Wisconsin, Michigan State. If you were to play the game, what would to get a hundred twenty five dollars off of any StockX purchase? Oh my god! You get like a free, you can get a free pair of shoes and a shirt, and check out paying like nine dollars. Bro, I, I get a I get a nice pair of Yeezys for like a hundred with those, with that discount. Boom! So, Penn State, Michigan. Who do you have, and by how many? All right, Penn State, Michigan. I have again Michigan winning, and I think they win. I think they push this line. I think Michigan wins by seven. Okay. Minnesota, Illinois. I have Minnesota. I have, yeah, I have Minnesota only because I, I don't think Tommy DeVito is healthy. If Tommy DeVito is healthy, this game's going to be much closer. I have Minnesota winning by nine. Nine. Okay. Okay. Wisconsin, Michigan State. Wisconsin, Michigan State. Wisconsin by, I want to say 17. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, man. I think that's it. I think that's it. We uh we have more than enough here. Um, yeah. I got I got one last I got one last thing because I got I got to shout them out. The Big Ten, do they have the best additions out of all the new conference realignments? By the way, look at the the two football programs we're adding. True. USC incredible this year. They have a big game against 
uh, Utah. And then I've secretly, quietly, UCLA has become really good under Chip Kelly. Um, and they're top 10, right? I, I believe they play this weekend as well. They, um, I don't think so, they're top 10. Are they top 10? I think they might be. Are they ranked ahead of Penn, Penn State? I'm a, I'm a look. I'm a look. I'm a look. Uh, Pac-12. I don't think they're playing today or playing. No, but they play next week, so I can always do this. Week eight. They're eleven. Sorry. Okay. They're eleven. They're 11. But still, they they are. They'll probably be top ten after this weekend because there's there's two top ten teams playing and they don't play. They have off this week, so they'll be a top ten team next week for sure. Off topic of Big Ten. What do you think is going to happen in that uh, in that Alabama Tennessee game? Okay, this is the biggest. And people have probably said this a bunch national media, but it's true. Like I grew up watching Tennessee football. Okay, this is the biggest game Tennessee has been in since I've been born. All right, I was born in in ninety seven. So this game is like for most people the game that they've been waiting for maybe their entire life growing up. Uh, uh, a Tennessee fan. I, I, the line has been shifting towards Alabama. I'm telling you that crowd is going to be so insane. I don't, I have no idea how Alabama wins this. I just, I don't know that that stadium is going to be bonkers. So if, if you got time at three 30 on Saturday and, and it's right in between that Penn state Michigan game and the Ohio state tune in it to, to CBS, that game is going to be insane. That would be so much fun to watch. Here's what I'll say. Alabama is going to is going to lose unless Hooker gets hurt. Yeah, that that Tennessee offense is so good. It's crazy what Heupel, uh, Josh Heupel has done um, in the short amount of time he's been there. I I forget. Let me look this up before I say anything because I don't want people coming at me being like, "What are you doing?" Um, but I'm pretty sure Josh Heupel coached at UCF, right? Before becoming head coach at Tennessee, right? Yeah. He became – Heupel was named UCF head coach following the resignation of Scott Frost, who left for his head coaching job. He was on Scott Frost's staff, right? Huh. He was on Scott Frost's – or he was Mizzou's – no, he wasn't on – Scott Frost. Was he? Uh, I'm trying to look him up. No, he's Mizzou's offensive coordinator. I for, for whatever reason, I thought he was on his staff. No, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Was he ever at UCF? Oh, he was at UCF 2018, 19, and 20. Yeah, no, yeah, he was, he was head coach at UCF. That's they they hired him away from UCF because he had really good years at UCF. Yeah. Um, but he just didn't, he didn't work under Scott Frost. Cause I, for whatever reason, I thought he was, he was working under Scott Frost and I was like, tired. And then his like, just, you know, his, the person, even the person that followed up on him, right. Is, is now got a top 10 Tennessee team. Right. So just show, to goes to show you um, how unlucky Scott Frost was really at Nebraska, but <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. All right, so there is 
I'm going to be in Connor's room, but I'm going to have that game up on like a different screen. Like yeah, what? I mean that, that that game is going to be worth watching. I think even if you're like not a college football diehard, right? And you're just listening to this podcast, listening to us talk about basketball, and you've listened this long into a football podcast. But uh, it, I think it's worth watching just as like a national, you know, sports fan. I think it's going to be one of those games. I, I remember having this feeling going into that Auburn Alabama game that Auburn won on the kick six, and I, I have a feeling it's another one of those just all time SEC games where it's just going to be. I think Tennessee is going to beat them by like two touchdowns, bro. You think so? Because I, I'm not sure because I think Vegas knows something because the line keeps shifting towards Alabama, right? And that tells me they know something, right? It, Vegas isn't just like inching the line closer. So is, is, you know, is young back, right? Is Alabama's QB back? Um, Cause that, that the team plays much different with them. I still think, it, again, you, you saw this Tennessee team play, um, I believe it was uh, Pittsburgh earlier in the year. And Pittsburgh hasn't looked great since. They, they can get scored on, right? So it doesn't even matter that John uh, John Milrow, I believe, is Alabama's backup QB. I don't, it doesn't even matter that he's in there. They're, they're going to score points, right? And so it's a matter it can, like you said, Hendon Hooker stay, stay healthy and stay in this game um, and, and do enough on offense for Tennessee to, to win this game. But that, that's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's, it's going to be like the antithesis of everything uh, SEC football, though, because, you know, they've been built on good defense and running the football, and these teams are going to throw the ball all over the place. We'll see if Bryce Young is back. Because if he's not back, it's, it's going to be a wrap for them dudes. I, I'm telling you, that atmosphere, I have a hard time seeing them winning it. But I think it's still going to be close because Alabama and Nick Saban, they know they're going to get their ass beat by Nick Saban if they don't try hard enough. <laughs> they don't try hard. If you're not trying against Alabama, you're playing the wrong sport. I, I mean, uh, you know, you know, Alabama trying against Tennessee, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to give up, right? It's not like Alabama's going to get boat ran. They're they're gonna they're gonna try their damnedest to not have to run laps after practice. <laughs> uh, all right, I think that's it. I think, I that's, think it. that's it too. I was I was a decent podcast. Been on forever. It was good. Thank you all for coming through and chilling, hanging out, all that fun stuff. But I'll let you guys. Let's have a great weekend. I'll see y'all later. See you, man. Yep. See you in the room tomorrow. Yes, sir. See you.